0: Your boy chet Goddamn, we're good. hey chet hi denzel how's it going oh not bad how are you doing doing okay you know living learning loving that sort of thing welcome back to another edition of real nerd hours your favorite slice of life podcast ostensibly about nerd shit i'm denzel I'm Chet. On this week's episode, we've got movies, 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 movies. Yeah. On this week, we've got Justice League versus The Fatal Five, Robin Hood from late last year, early this year. Something like that. John Wick 3, Detective Pikachu, and Brightburn, uh, the trailer at least.
1: Yeah. Detective Pikachu was a movie that existed and several people were very excited about it. And then once it came out, there were... a lot of positive reviews about it. You know, I don't think I noticed anybody on social media that were really shitting on the movie. Maybe some people were, were a little disappointed and I have some criticisms, but you know, there's pretty much positive reaction across the board, which is really saying something for such a beloved IP for, for a movie. Like, Let's just let's just start this off top. Almost every video game movie has been horrible. Some of them are okay. You know, some of them did a pretty good job where we're like very, very loosely based on a game and therefore we're all right. But man, ninety percent of video game movies just outright suck.
0: That is a fact.
1: <laughs> so the fact that this got so much positive reception already makes it stand out among the crowd. So Good on you, Detective Pikachu, Pokemon Company, all them folk. Um, but yeah, so in, into the movie itself. Um, well, I'll start with my criticisms because honestly, I don't have that much bad to say about it. Uh, the first thing, and this is a pretty common complaint, and it's also totally understandable, is that they we don't see enough unique Pokemon. Like you see, you know, ten different instances of Greninja. And like 30 people are just walking around with Charmanders and there's a few Machamps and things like that. You know, most of the Pokemon you see, you see them multiple times. And, you know, there's close to 800 different Pokemon and we only see about, I don't know, 70, something like that. Probably not even that. And... I feel that because none of my favorites were represented. You know, none of them showed up on screen. I do like Greninja. That's cool. I like Charizard. That's cool. But, you know, none of the ones that I go hard for. Pause. Uh, (laughs) None of them showed up. But uh, I understand, you know, that's they had to do high quality models and textures and rigging and all that. And it's not just not going to be worth it for you know, what will show up for maybe 10 seconds on screen. You know,
0: how much of the Pokedex could you fill out by watching this movie?
1: Oh, not much. Um,
0: I mean, even the original 150?
1: No, because I mean, you don't even like there's a bunch of Bulbasaurs, but there's no Ivysaur or Venusaur. Like you see Charmander and Charizard, but no Charmeleon. There's no Raichu. There's no Alolan forms of anything. You know, like they never go into any ice areas. So there's like no ice Pokemon that show up at all. It's a pretty limited um, cross section of of different guys that show up. But what's cool is that they do pick from all the different generations. So you get like Braviary and Morlull and Jigglypuff. You know, like it's, it's pretty, um, it's got a wide spectrum of variety in what they chose to represent. It's just that. They didn't represent a large number of different Pokemon.
0: So, you know, okay. That makes sense.
1: Yeah. Uh, which, which is cool. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I like what they did with the amount of resources that they had allocated to that. Cause you know, I wasn't expecting to see Octillery, you know, (laughs) but, uh, yeah. So that, that's one of the, one of the major complaints, which, Totally understandable. They had limited resources. You know, you don't have just straight up infinite money for this. Uh, the next, I guess, criticism is that I saw the twists coming. Apparently I'm the only one. <laughs> oh, I thought they were kind of obvious, but mostly because it's a kid's movie. And I went into it thinking that they're not just kind of spoon feed you. They like, they wanted a twist clearly, but it's also a kids movie, so the twists are going to be kind of obvious. There is one that I'm not going to spoil that definitely did get me, but it also kind of it, it presents a very
0: minor plot hole in that twist. But it's fine. It whatever. Can I can I guess the twist? Sure. <laughs> okay, so Pikachu's got a best friend. Detective Pikachu's got a best friend, or a long lost lover, or some shit it turns out that best friend was Satan the whole time. <laughs> and Detective Pikachu is taken to a nightclub and forced to commune with demons. And he's invaded. Or uh, what's the word? Uh, ooh. Uh, God. It's, they do exorcisms for it. Oh, God. Possessed. Uh, yes, possessed. He's possessed <laughs> by a ghastly. And that turns him into devil chew man. <laughs> and he becomes him and he's got to fight his friend and then the earth gets destroyed creating a 13th moon or however many times i've done this and yeah yep there we go beautiful i, know, I didn't i
1: didn't think anyone would have guessed the uh the dark and ghost type club scene that was very surprising to see the um you know the orgy going on in that club that, that I did not see coming and I'm pretty sure that the FCC was slacking on this one but uh yeah it was pretty lit
0: <laughs> good, good
1: but no I, like I'm not gonna bother spoiling this stuff because the movie's still pretty fresh and I do recommend it I don't think a lot of people who are listening to this show probably would have been the types to you know run out and see it on opening night and just, just cry at all the scenes with Bulbasaur, uh, but you never know. You never know. So I do recommend it, if especially if you know you've been a fan of Pokemon. It's it's really cute and it does an excellent job of representing, you know, what a world would be like with Pokemon. And I kind of wish they got a little bit deeper into just kind of daily life because you only get a glimpse of what it's really like because you know the whole thing is about this case that needs to be cracked. You know, we got a mystery to solve, boys. So there's not really a lot of time for, you know, just bullshitting around. I kind of want more of the bullshitting around. I want to know what else is, what this is like. Give me the full experience, y'all. But we'll probably see a sequel. We'll probably see a sequel of some sort. You know, this movie was way too successful, pretty much across the board. You know, like I said, I don't know of anybody who outright hated the movie and I don't know what they would do with a sequel because I really don't think they should continue the detective. They kind of can't, honestly, because Pikachu, you know, gets possessed by Satan and then resets the Earth. So, you know, they they kind of have to do a new timeline (laughs) with this.
0: Yeah, I mean, they could do another timeline and completely do. I'm sure there's a time travel Pokemon.
1: I, I'm certain there is, but I don't remember what it is. Like, I know for a fact that there is a Pokemon that travels through time, but I just don't
0: remember which. It's one of the legendaries who gives a shit. <laughs> Hell yeah. I am i haven't been a pa- fan of Pokemon since I was a kid, and I think that it's part of my ongoing beef with Nintendo, where they just keep doing the same yeah. shit over and over again. So it's not necessarily like I have a certain affinity for that stuff, or that I don't like it a ton it's just that i think it's tired like i'm i don't care about detective pikachu if danny devito was the voice i think that would have changed my mind a little bit because (laughs) that sounds like too good to be true but like if it's ryan reynolds playing ryan reynolds as pikachu then i have no interest in it
1: yeah there is a bit of that like it's not it's not super abrasive to me but yeah it, it wasn't what i had it wasn't what would have been the worst case scenario for me, which would be Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool as Pikachu that I would have hated. But no, I mean like he does have plenty of the snark and stuff, but it's not like obnoxious and
0: random. It's just obnoxious. (sighs) (laughs) It's, it's a little obnoxious. I don't care for Ryan Reynolds. I don't care for Pokemon. I think Pokemon is washed. I think, Ryan Reynolds is boring. Ryan Reynolds is particularly boring to me. I don't have any desire or curiosity for that movie, but I can understand why a lot of people like it because a lot of people like bad shit. So
1: yeah, that's fair. (laughs) Yeah.
0: That's, that's (laughs) one of
1: them. uh, That's that one of them timeless truisms that just, you know, people have bad taste. It's always going to be true. It's never, that's never going to change.
0: Never, ever, ever, Chet. Ever, nope. Nope. Speaking of Damn bad shit. taste, whoever saw Robin Hood, the movie made in whatever year it was recently, the one with Joel Edgerton, I think his name is from uh, yeah, yeah, it was the dude it's, from uh, Kingsman,
1: Taryn Egerton, your Edgerton, whatever. I actually ended up catching a bit of that movie because my parents were watching it, they they. You know, got the hookups with the bootleg copy, you know, whatever. And um, yeah, I, I watched a little bit of it. And let me tell you, that little bit I saw of it was not
0: very good. Your first impression is correct. That movie is not very good. It's so weird to watch a movie that's set in the medieval era try to ape the sensibilities of modern day military action. In the first like hour or so, there's this portion of the movie where it's, god damn it, and this makes it even worse. So Robin Hood in this version of it gets drafted by the military, and he has to go fight in, what do you know, the Middle East. And everybody mm-hmm. is outfitted in in outfits that look like modern day body armor, but with like a stylistic flair on them to make it look as if it's from whatever century it's supposed to be. And they have on the scarves and things that like dudes in the military war or wear in Afghanistan and stuff. If you've ever seen anybody who calls himself a quote-unquote operator, you know what scarf I'm talking about. Uh, these ones that they have huh. on in uh, Robin Hood don't have any particular pattern on them, but you, you know the look. You know exactly what the fuck I'm talking about. And they're trying to like ape modern military sensibilities with Robin Hood, which we know that that's not how people fought. And I don't think people in whatever part of the world they're in fought like that either. So it's just super out of place. And That was kind of
1: indicative of like my overall issue with that movie was that it's set in, you know, like the 1200, something like that. I don't remember exactly, but, you know, very long time ago. But it's very clearly trying to be modern. And it just doesn't really work tonally. It doesn't really work thematically. It's just kind of
0: weird. Yeah, it's no good. It's no good. And it's kind of stuck between wanting to be a superhero movie of modern proportions and some like halfway steampunk thing it's really weird because (laughs) they're like mining coal in the city and you look at the city and it's got all the hallmarks of pre-industrialization and stuff like that. And like, I get that that can be an aesthetic. It just didn't really work with this movie and shout outs to everybody who would be dying of lung cancer constantly. There would be nobody of old age there because they'd be dead of lung cancer hundred percent yeah anyway the movie sucked i didn't watch all of it i just kind of skipped after i got to the middle of the movie i skipped it after after i realized where exactly it was going not to say that it wasn't wholly telegraphed from the beginning but jamie fox is in it as little john which is kind of out of place because he plays a man that's supposed to be from quote unquote arabia and they don't kind of, they don't do a good job of defining what area that is. They just say they just talk about the moors in arabia. Jamie Foxx is from that area, but he doesn't really have an arabic accent or a persian accent or any kind of accent. He just sounds like an american dude like trying to put on an accent or like kind of testing the waters for an accent. Sometimes he'll be like, "I am not sure." And then you're like, oh, was that an accent? And then he just goes back to speaking like an American.
1: There was, <laughs> there, like, Jamie Foxx is a good enough actor that I would expect that he would have no issue with putting on a real accent. But, yeah, it sounds like just some guy talking with generic foreign voice. You know, you have your, your R's, touch the top of your tongue. If what kind of accent is this? I don't know. Is it Spanish? Is it French? Is it, is it African? I don't know.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's just a regionally ambiguous accent. And it, he does it sometimes, but other times he just kind of sounds like an American dude talking to an English dude. And they do like the old training montage, which I thought I would have enjoyed way more, but I didn't. That movie sucked.
1: It's just pretty fucking whack. I think I only got about halfway through. I think, but that half I saw just was not good.
0: I can understand why nobody saw it now. I really can, because it sucked. One and two. Why do they need as many Robin Hoods as there are Spider Man? I
1: movie. I was surprised that this movie got greenlit at all. Like, after that last Robin Hood with Russell Crowe, I figured people would have realized, oh, yeah, no one gives a shit about Robin Hood for the next 20 years. They haven't made a good one since Men in Tights. I I will not. I will not back up that uh, opinion. That's a fact. (laughs) (laughs) That was the last good Robin Hood movie, and everything else has just been pointless. Like, who gives a shit about Robin Hood? Wait another. Wait for another generation because we fucked it up for this one. Just move on.
0: Yeah, let's let's talk about a cyberpunk Robin Hood. Let's do that. If you want to do Robin Hood, at least change the setting from boring ass old England. And I have to say, people talk about superhero fatigue. I don't really get that because, like, I'm into comics. I I do, however, get fantasy fatigue. I don't give a fuck about like pre-victorian architecture or victorian architecture i don't give a fuck about dragons i don't give a fuck about gar- gothic architecture like that i don't give a fuck about the setting uh, give get me out of the fucking forest get me out of the frozen tundra i don't give a shit about the desert there's only so much that's been done with fantasy over the last like 20 years or so and it's difficult for me to give a shit about any of it
1: it's because everyone just wants to be lord of the ring Everyone just wants to be Lord of the Rings, so we're not we're afraid to do anything past that. Like superheroes, at least you get more interesting characters that can do different things. Some people are technologically advanced; others are more like spies. Some people are are more, you know, like martial artists and they're Far East inspired stuff like that. But when it comes to fantasy, if it's not in the forest with elves, with dragons, with orcs then it, is it really fantasy? Is it That's not what we want to see. We just want our fucking elves, and they better be hot.
0: Yeah, you know, what I would hope that studios would do, and I, granted, I don't know if this is how it works at Epic, but I understand if Epic wants to make Fortnite, and keep Fortnite being the biggest game in the world. You do your one big property, and then you use the rest of the money rather than to give like people bonuses and then laying off the rest of your staff. You use that money to put out other movies that probably will just make their money back and just leave it at that. I do more creative stuff, do fun stuff. I'm sick of seeing the same shit. And like, I get there. There are indie movies out there, but there's such a, a gulf between indie movies that are good and then movies with big budgets. There's no middle ground anymore. And I'm not talking about a middle ground in the, in the sense of like, um like a sci-fi original movie, which is obviously dirt cheap, which was filmed <laughs> for like fucking $15 and a bunch of favors or whatever. Yeah. I just, I just want good movies again, like good middle ground movies. They don't have to be super expensive. They can be good without being incredibly expensive. See John Wick.
1: Yeah, yeah, there you go. I feel like aside from the occasional, like you get maybe once a year, like very good action film that doesn't involve crazy amounts of CG. The only other movies that are noteworthy that aren't made for these crazy budgets are like the Oscar winning films. You know, you get stuff like Moonlight, Where I haven't actually seen Moonlight, but I'm just going to assume that there's not a whole lot of CG going on with that. So, you know, it doesn't need the $100 million budget, and they're not going to be able to advertise it, you know, on the same scale as stuff like Detective Pikachu. So, yeah, it doesn't bring in as much money, but it still gets its money back because of all the awards it wins and all of the star power that they have. But they're not, they're not dumping in these crazy amounts of of funding just to to you know act as a tentpole film cuz yeah all we get is the tentpoles and then the garbage <laughs> that's basically it with a few gems in between i i this wasn't like this pretty much until marvel as far as i'm as as far as i can think of it was like avatar maybe
0: yeah absolutely what so what i would do if i were in the position of these studios is i would sign somebody like a ben affleck to play batman for 10 films or whatever but also give him license to make whatever fucking movie he wants because he wants to be a director i would have done that same shit with uh chris evans too i make any movie you fucking want to We'll put money behind it. We're not going to pay you out all crazy. You can still get your little percentage or whatever, but we're not going to give you the money that you wanted. We'll put that money towards a movie that you want to make. So you could at least do something that you kind of want to do. I bet there are a bunch of actors and directors who would be super
1: down with that. Cause you see that with a lot of these, these actors that were in huge successful films, like as soon as that's done, they just go off and do a million indie pro- projects because they're just having fun with it. Like, look at Daniel Radcliffe. You know, he's made, after the, the Harry Potter films, he's been on Broadway. He made Swiss Army Man. He made Horns. You know, all these really weird, offbeat films that you would not expect out of Harry Potter, you know? They, they I think studios could do very well to to just sweeten the pot for these actors that, yeah, they'll get their money, and then they can do what they want. Oh, it's a win-win for everyone.
0: Yeah, take a look at Robert Pattinson. He did that same thing with his career. After Twilight was over, he didn't do jack shit big films. He did um yeah. a bunch of like actually really well-received indie films. And that's what a lot of actors do. They they act. I am an actor. <laughs> 18. So, it was directed by Otto Bathurst. Produced by Jennifer Davison and Leonardo DiCaprio. That seems like a weird miss. Huh. Uh, screenplay by Ben Chandler and David James Kelly. Story by Ben Chandler starring Taryn Edgerton, Jamie Foxx, Ben Mendelsohn, Eve Hewson, Tim Minchin, and Jamie Dornan. Music by Joseph Trapanese. That's a sick name. Joseph Trapanese. Yeah. That's Whoa.
1: such a good name. I hope that's damn. not a stage name. I hope that's a legal name.
0: Yeah, it looks like it. According to his Wikipedia, he was born in New Jersey. He has worked with Daft Punk, M eighty three, and a bunch of other people. So let's see. The budget on this movie was a hundred million dollars, and the box office was eighty four
1: point eight million. It brought in eighty. It brought half.
0: It brought in 85%.
1: That, that that sucks, though. God damn.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's not good. It's not a good look. I mean, like, I l- low-key feel for them. But at the same time, I mean, it, movies aren't, at least big-budget movies, aren't necessarily art anymore. They're products. So if you put out a well, shitty definitely. product, that's exactly what you should expect to happen, not getting your return back. And it's not a matter of not advertising it properly or thinking that Taryn Edgerton is a bigger star than he is because that's not the case at all I mean maybe it is because like some people there are some actors regardless of what they're in I'll go see them in it anyway and that's how I used to feel about The Rock but no longer because The <laughs> no, Rock actually kind of sucks anyway uh, moving on to a small budget movie that probably made its money back or something like that And I, I guess the small budget is super relative It's not that small. Anyway, uh, John Wick 3. I synced it. I synced it. Uh, I'll keep this one short. What'd you think? The movie was exactly what you expect out of John Wick. It was an action movie. Lots of fighting. Lots of shooting. Lots of stuff uh, in it that's in the older movies or the other movies. The only issue that I really have with this or the two major issues that I have with it are that one it's more tongue-in-cheek than it used to be so they're making jokes Hmm. at the movie's expense and there's not really a story the story serves as a way to get from fight to fight not to say that the story was ever (laughs) really a big element before but it it's very obvious that's what it is this time but what do you think of it overall I thought it was all right. Uh, Not as good as the first one. Uh, Better than the second one. I like the movies as action movies because it's as close as we're going to get to a dude just going through and just murdering people for the fuck (laughs) of it. And that like that's about all we're going to get. Right. That's like as close to it as we're ever going to get. And that's pretty it's pretty decent. Uh, The kills aren't necessarily as fun or as unique. There are one or two in there that are really good, but there are only so many ways that you can expect people to shoot and like kick other people and jujitsu other people.
1: Nonsense. The martial arts are bottomless. It's an immortal. <laughs> it's a, an immortal technique.
0: <laughs>
1: William. Deal with the devil.
0: <laughs> <laughs> two things that really upset me about both Robin Hood and John Wick. Is they both set each other or set themselves up? The problem that I have with both John Wick and Robin Hood is that they set themselves up for sequels. I'm and,
1: surprised that John Wick did.
0: Right, the end of the movie oh. is. It's yeah. Uh, you'll if you go see it, you'll see it. I mean, like for the sake of like quote unquote closure because that doesn't really exist in this movie I would say go see it but it's not you don't have to it's not Mm. mandatory Um, (laughs) I see because all it is really it's not necessarily an advancement of the storyline it just kind of fills in some of the background for the underground life that John Wick Wick lives or whatever um, or the society that he's a part of it kind of fills in some of that and I don't know, builds on it a little bit. It's not, I mean, there's not really a story, uh, I guess to outline the story, because I mean, the story is not what you're going to go see John wick for. So I don't really mind spoiling some of it in effect. What happens is like John wicks on the run from John wick too, because he killed a man when he shouldn't have. And so, uh, as part of like the secret society that he's part of, they have what's effectively a judge, like a judge comes through and issues punishments to people on behalf of the table, which is the oligarchs, I guess of this underground society that John wick is a part of John wick wants to go kill the people who sit at the table because he Because of the last movie, right? Like the only way to get to clear his name or to become free is to make sure that these people are dead, and then he goes to do it, and he doesn't accomplish it because of the many roadblocks in his way. Initially, his goal was to escape, but he, in order to escape, he has to dive right back in headfirst, and the movie ensues from there. It's not a very well-written movie; the dialogue is bad. And there's this portion of the movie. I'm going to give this part away because this pissed me off the most. So Halle Berry's in the movie as one of John Wick's old friends or whatever, old assassin buddies. And she's got two German shepherds. They go see somebody. And the dude's like, yo, let me keep your dog. And she's like, no, I'm not going to let you keep my dog. This is like my kid. And he shoots her dog. And then she's just like oh, I'm so mad. I'm so mad I'm going to go John Wick from John Wick 1. And so she does. And she, John Wick looks at her and he's like, you shouldn't have done that. She says, I know. And then he says, I understand, though. And like that's like real tongue in cheek and it's supposed to be cute. And I was just like, this sucks. This is dumb. I don't like this. <laughs> Being self-referential in a movie like John Wick does not help it at all.
1: The The, the seems like
0: something that they would be above but i guess not no no and that really not to say that i was like really upset and pouty over it but i was like that's weird why would you put that in there and john wick is the type of movie that i go to to get drunk and watch and laugh and enjoy and it's definitely enjoyable it's more of an experience than it is like a, a movie, like a typical movie. You're yeah. there for the spectacle. You're there for the experience. You'll, if you like the other movies for the fighting and all that stuff, you'll enjoy this one. So new movie
1: that's coming out. Let's see. By the time you're listening to this, it'll be tomorrow. The 24th Uh is called bright burn. And it's another superhero movie, but this one's a little different, you know, like what we were saying before, you know, bright is fantasy, but different, but different, Bright burn is a superhero, but different. Imagine that. But uh, yeah, the basic idea is that this is a superhero horror movie. And mm, the way it's presented is that we're following the making of a supervillain. And it's an interesting concept. We've seen it a couple of times before, but it was usually much more subtle. This one plays itself like it's a horror movie rather than an action movie or anything like that which is an interesting take and I'm curious how they're going to pull it off. It's produced by the gun brothers as they definitely lean into. Cause Hey, superheroes and guardians of the galaxy was a success. These guys surely know what they're doing, but I'm, I'm just very curious to see how this will play out because the last movie that I can think of where we saw, the making of a supervillain was Chronicle by Max Landis. And I thought they did a fantastic job with that because I didn't really see that coming. I didn't think that the major conflict would be one of our characters isn't now just, you know, gone mad with power. This one, they really lean into that and you know that it's coming. You know, it's all over the, the trailers and all over the marketing material that this kid that you're following it's probably going to murder some folk. So. I'm just. I just want them to do a good job with it, I guess. I would rather something that's a little bit more subversive like Chronicle. But if they can do a good job with having our protagonist also be a villain. Yeah, I'm down with that. Like not even an anti-hero. hero No, no. Oh, I'm bad, but I do it for good. No, give me a full-on villain who's mad with power or whatever.
0: I give me a real villain. And uh yeah, make it good. You know, I saw this trailer, and all I could think is like, okay, so the people who wrote this saw injustice and then injustice too, and they were like, yo, what <laughs> if Superman was evil? I bet nobody's ever done that before, and so they did a quick Google search, and they said, evil Superman movie, and what do you know, it doesn't exist, and then they decided to make it and they just disregarded all the comics that have ever come out that are about the same exact thing it's probably going to end with evil superman taking over the world and it being desolate and then some kid that he played with when he was a child or whatever coming up uh he's going to be their their equivalent of batman if they decide to even take it that far i bet they're going to do a bright burn cinematic universe oh god i know you're excited for that mm. <laughs>
1: I hope this is a one-off. I really hope this is a one-off or, you know, if it is a series make the next one, like after a, a very considerable time jump, you know, 20 years in the future. And it's like partially dystopian where like some people are living good under his rule and others aren't except now our hero or our, our protagonist is a hero that has similar dubious origins as this kid. And it's, you know, the, the difference between bright burn and burn bright, uh, in their Epic battle. Of course that assumes a whole lot. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get there after seeing the movie. Cause, uh, it, there's a lot of potential for this to be really bad. (laughs) I don't think it will be awful. It seems cool enough. And, stylish enough at least to be entertaining at the very least but it also might it might try and take too simplistic of an approach into the making of of supervillain. you know i don't like villains that are just angsty and you know they're just doing it because people wronged them in the past and therefore i can't never trust anyone again I give me give me a bad guy with a little bit of nuance. But this kid's like 11 and 11 year olds don't really do nuance. So I don't know. I don't know if if he wins in the end. Then give us a sequel where he understands nuance and understands consequences of his actions. But it's too late. He's already gone off. deep. the event. Who knows? I don't know. The world's your oyster, kid.
0: <laughs> they basically took the story from dragon ball and made it into a movie like oh shit like what if goku actually tried to fulfill his mission and take over the world like i bet that this is closer that's closer to what this is going to be
1: yeah that sounds weak
0: yeah i mean it might be tight um what i'm gonna do is as soon as it comes out i'm gonna read spoilers and say huh maybe that's gonna be something that i actually want to see and if it's not it's not (laughs)
1: yeah i'm probably going to just look into reviews and like get a get a feel for how this movie actually plays out because if it's just going to be some kid literally just going crazy and becoming god within 20 minutes of the movie then that that might not be something that i want to pay for but if they say that and then it's like oh but it was the tightest shit ever well maybe
0: speaking of superheroes the last film, film that I watched was uh, Justice League versus The Fatal Five. And this movie was pretty rad. Charles and I, at one point, were talking about how the DC animated universe was either like really well done and had like a shitty story, or it had a great story and wasn't like well animated at all. So I'm watching this, and it's stylistically just like. The old Justice League cartoon, Batman animated series, the Superman cartoon. It was just, it's animated in the same way and stylistically it's set up the same way. And the story is pretty fucking rad, dude. It's about this group of people who come from the future, who stole a time machine to come free some people who were sent to the past to be put in prison. They come back to the past, they're all super villains and they have a run in with the justice league and there's a, like a new green lantern in town. And as far as I can tell, it's not based on any of the comics that have come out. It's an all original story and it's pretty fucking rad, dude. It's really dope. Sounds pretty sweet. It was worth, it was worth the rental cost and it was worth watching it. It was, it's a lot of fun. It's a fun, sh- uh fun little movie. And on top of that, it's a pleasure to watch. It's only, an hour and 17 minutes long. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, dude. I'm so sick. That was one of the biggest problems that I had with, with Robin Hood. That movie was fucking two hours or something like that. Ridiculous. Don't need that. Anyway.
1: Beautiful. Man, speaking of DC, and we also mentioned his name earlier, but Robert Pattinson was cast as Batman, and that was announced earlier this week. And predictably so there were a lot of fanboys that done shit themselves and uh were the big mad because of a movie that he starred in 10 years ago and if (laughs) if there was any doubt that comic book nerds are the most entitled people on the planet well this is a strong argument because there are a lot of petitions to get Pattinson like out of there I don't think most people who are really upset about this have seen Robert Pattinson in any role. Like, maybe Harry Potter, because he was in the sixth movie. It was one of them. And he only had a small role in that. And then the only other thing that he's widely known for is the Twilight series, which a lot of these guys probably haven't seen. I haven't seen it. I'm not going to pretend like I have any interest in it, but... That was a while ago. That was when I was in high school.
0: I watched all of the Twilight movies. Not necessarily when they came out. Oh, wow. But I just, I had to know. I had to know what they were hitting for, to be honest. And this was in my (laughs) peak phase of like, yo, if I'm talking shit about something, I need to know exactly what it's about. And like... uh, I've not only grown out of that, but I've also stopped talking as much shit as I used to. So like things can just exist now without me having to have input on them. So I stopped doing that sort of thing to myself and watching terrible movies. They weren't like funny, bad either. They were just not good.
1: Yeah. That's one thing (laughs) that I mean, first that's a lesson that a lot of people need to learn and like, that's a a level of wisdom that a lot of people never achieve that. You know what? Just let, let things exist. I don't have to like everything. Not everything was made for me. It's okay. And you know, therefore I also don't have to go out of my way to, to research a topic just so I can talk shit about it. Like that's not a positive way to live. But the other thing is that uh, a lot of bad movies aren't so bad that they're good. They're just outright Bad and boring and just not fun to watch. So you got to be careful with your, Oh, let's do a bad movie night kind of stuff. No, you'll just end up falling asleep or bored during a good portion of them.
0: I don't really mind Robert Pattinson being cast as Batman. That's not, I don't really care about whatever story that they're going to tell in that Batman movie. Do they hint anything to the Batman story? that uh i the story, think in the new I, think
1: they, I'll be honest, uh, I think they um i think they're taking as they put it a more cerebral approach to this batman where he's more detective like than vigilante so i mean pattinson i don't know if he has any action chops i not, nothing special that i'm aware of but apparently it's gonna be less action oriented, more story driven or more dramatic at the very least. But yeah, I I was surprised by the pick of Pattinson. I also don't really care because I don't, I can't really point to any actor who's played Batman and say, oh, this guy was perfect. This guy nailed it. You know, obviously Christian Bale is the one that probably has the most recent positive positive, Reception. That was just because the movies were great. Not necessarily that his acting was fantastic. You know, his Bruce Wayne was basically just his character in American Psycho. You know, he was... it, It looked like he was putting on an act of being the Playboy billionaire. He didn't have me convinced that he was a Playboy billionaire, you know? And Bruce Wayne doesn't have to be that, but it also... I don't I just didn't didn't quite hit right in that same way. But, you know, people freaked out about Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck did fine. Uh, Val Kilmer, the terrible George Clooney. Why? You know, like <laughs> there aren't any perfect Batman out there. So just give whoever a shot. Maybe this one will be great. You don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean, chances are this movie is going to be perfectly serviceable. I hope they don't lean on any of the villains from the previous films, such as Scarecrow, especially not the Joker. They need to bring in somebody interesting and new. Hopefully that means somebody like Black Mask or Hush. Somebody like that. I don't give a fuck about any of those other villains anymore. Stop it.
1: Yeah, there's still plenty of other villains that they haven't really tapped into and I don't know what it's going to be because if it if it's less action oriented then I don't know that that could go in a few ways they could try and do the Penguin, but you know he's one of the main villains in in Gotham the tv
0: show so I don't really know if they want to do that you know what I want I want a fucking Batman Beyond movie
1: yeah that would be tight There was there was some uh, speculation that that's what the next series would be. But if they're going to do that, I don't think Pattinson fits the um, Terry McGinnis type. You know, you need someone that is more actiony, that is younger. Because Pattinson's like 32, something like that. So I don't really think that fits. But we don't actually need a DC universe. We don't need a competition for the MCU like every universe concept that's come out since then has they're just trying to to mimic that success and i feel like they're they're missing the the proper ingredients you know they're trying to get oh we can make you know 10 very successful films and they'll all cross a billion dollars after a while that's cool we have so much money to make all right we're bringing Brack swamp thing i guess cuz we own the rights to swamp thing no they like, th- that wasn't how the mcu started you know it started with one movie and once that one got it right then they can move on to the others but they're just trying to be like oh no it's it's the dc universe but it's made up of these terribly portrayed characters that you know and love they're trying to they're trying to skip to the end part where they just roll in a shitload of money
0: yeah they gotta work for it and you know what i'm telling you that batman beyond movie would do real good
1: yeah i don't know just just give us something and i I, you know i don't think this uh this robert pattinson project is supposed to be part of any sort of extended universe or setting up anything else because i mean they just changed up the cast again so who knows but uh yeah, if they if they want some form of extended universe thing, it's got to start with a good movie and just go ahead hit the reset button. That's okay. We've given you a thousand chances, DC. We'll give you a thousand more because people like Batman, people like Superman. So let's get into questions from the subreddit Reddit dot com slash r slash Real Nerd Hours. This one comes from last week. It is also our only question because. You know, after 124 episodes, you know, people people stop thinking of things that they want to ask. We've probably answered a lot of your burning questions. But, you know, we're here for you anyway. So this one comes from Juice Campbell. He asks, in your opinions, what's the most useful college major and the most useless? Thoughts on college overall? I got a useless liberal arts de- degree and have about 40 years left in my career in social services until I can retire as a result. I mean, most useful college major is probably just a business degree, like as a as a general thing that can take you anywhere, just some degree in business, because I know a lot of people will point to, you know, like STEM degrees, you know, computer science, engineering, whatever. But Those are relatively narrow compared to certain other degrees, like, say, business administration or marketing, something like that, where they can take you anywhere. It may not necessarily guarantee you a job, like, say, a computer science degree would, where it's in high demand and you can do a lot of things. But, you know, if you prefer Python or if you prefer Rails or whatever, or Ruby rather, uh, you know, that changes what you can do, but something like, oh, business administration, that's so generic and so just useful for whatever, you know, wh- it, that can mean you're a CEO, that can mean you're a secretary. I, it goes a lot of places. It's probably the most quote unquote versatile and useful altogether. Useless. I mean, I hate to to sound like a stereotype here, but probably something like feminist studies or like, you know, African history, something that's super narrow and pretty much only leads to you having a job as a professor. And only then if you're very passionate about it,
0: Uh, utility of degrees varies on what you're trying to do, I guess, like. As far as like being able to get a job, that's more and more in question every day. Like, you can become an actuary if you go get a math degree and pass all the actuarial exams, and that's a pretty high in demand job. But like, it's also soul crushingly boring. And there, there are definitely degrees that you can get out there that are probably not super useful. Like most most degrees, I don't think have a ton of utility because as soon as you come out you're not going to be able to get a job like communications. That's the degree you get to prove that you can get a degree really. Like, I don't think that's useful to anybody.
1: Yeah. I find that most people who have communications degrees probably wanted something else, but they also wanted to do too many different things. Like they wanted to do marketing and photography and business and political science, you know, whatever. But if they had gotten in, if they had gotten a degree in any single one of those, they're more likely to have a job in one of those very specific markets. But, you know, they wanted to be, they wanted to be in marketing, but they also wanted to do photography. Well, marketing jobs usually don't do photography, but maybe a communications degree will put me into that been a little better. I don't know. I don't really get it. I didn't get a marketing degree so or a, a communications degree because it seemed too generic to me. School is getting harder to justify because of the increasing demand of employers and the level of qualifications that you need to hit. Like A lot of entry-level level jobs are still requiring three years of experience. And some places will accept, you know, certain coursework or internships and stuff as experience, but some places won't. And those entry-level jobs still ain't paying shit even after, you know, three years of experience required. And the cost of college is, you know, skyrocketing every year. So it's, it's really tough to justify, but it's, also very necessary for a lot of jobs so it sucks
0: yeah it's a real shitty catch 22 so you need experience to get a job but how do you get experience if you don't have a job it's like what what are you supposed to do and then if you get lucky you can go find a job at like (laughs) some retail spot to keep your bills paid for a short period of time while you look for a job, but. Ultimately, I guess like it's going to college, you have to really have a good idea of what you want to do before you pursue college. And like you also have to make sure that you're okay with either A, making money or B, not making any money. Because that's how we measure value in college degrees now. It's not necessarily whether or not you want to learn something or do something that might add value to your life, like make you a more well-rounded person. You just have to be concerned with whether or not you're going to make money. And then if you can, you do it. If you can't, then you have to pick another major that you're going to be fucking miserable doing. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's a lot that
1: makes college questionable. However, I had a conversation just the other day this is particularly in regard to creative fields, but I, I think some of this applies to something that's a little more academic, but you know, I, I went to art school and my school was not, it wasn't terrible, but it also wasn't great. Like the school's closed now because they're in a bunch of deep shit with the federal government so that kind of gives you a perspective of what we're dealing with but i mean i've with some difficulty just due to the um due to the the market and the state of the the industry you know i have landed a job with some pretty good salaries and you know (laughs) it's a pretty good job right so i feel like i have some form of some form of authority on the matter. So college for creative degrees does only a few things for you. First, you get a diploma. You have a degree and that really matters to some employers. To some, it doesn't, but let's assume that you need that to be commercially successful. But the other thing that it does is it it's a very good point of reflection. You need to show up and do work that you probably don't want to do just about every day. I, as an artist, especially back then, knew exactly what I liked making. And I tried to fit every project that I did into this very specific bubble. It worked sometimes and it didn't work other times. But that wasn't something that I could be told and like intellectually I knew that you know of course this aesthetic isn't going to work for every project but you know my my justification for that was oh that's okay I just won't take those jobs if it's not going to be something that I want to make because I'm the shit and therefore people are going to like my stuff. You know I had gotten a ton of positive reinforcement for the work that I was doing because for my age for you know compared to my peers i was highly skilled and therefore i this is going to be something that's commercially viable well that was completely wrong that's just simply not true when you're working as an artist you are beholden to your client through and through and my clients were my teachers and i would try and tell them oh no this is the shit that i'm gonna make you and it's amazing and you're gonna love it and they'll say yeah this doesn't this doesn't fit at all what I was looking for, yeah, go ahead and redo it this This is completely wrong, and the first time I got the first time I got an f on an art project, I was I was shooketh I was like what do you what do you mean? And they're like, oh, yeah, it's technically good, and you know i I see what you're doing here, but it's not at all what I was looking for, so uh, yeah, no, redo this or you're getting just a forty on this project. I'm like all right, cool. That sucks, but okay. And like, that wasn't something that I had even considered (laughs) that could happen in a professional setting. You know, that like it would, I thought the instructions would be clear to the point where I can make it fit what they want while still being what I want. And, you know, personal taste isn't going to matter that much or whatever. No, that wasn't that wasn't what the truth of the matter was. I had to show up and be creative every time I was in in this class, and they weren't teaching me. Oh, here's the secrets to success. If you put this red block on the top left left corner, that's the new hot shit, and that's what we're gonna do. No, you have to. You have to to figure it out. It's problem solving more than technical skill because the technical skill can come or you, if you solve the problem creatively enough, someone else can do the technical part. You can just solve the problem and it it will get done. But it, the same thing kind of goes with, with music school. Like they're not going to teach you how to play your instrument. You already know how to play your instrument. They're going to introduce you to more concepts and they're going to teach you or they're going to put you into a sort of crucible where you just refine those abilities and you're surrounded by people who are also refining those abilities and you can network and you can learn what it's like to be a commercial musician because you're not going to be playing stuff that you love every time, but you're going you're gonna to play the shit out of it because that's what you need to do as a professional. So it's not as though school is, you know, the secret weapon to becoming successful. And, you know, if you have a degree, you're going to make it. But it's a great way of learning whether or not you want to do this shit professionally.
0: Yeah, but it's an expensive way to find out if you want to do it professionally.
1: Yeah, and it sucks. And of course, you especially in creative fields. I mean, hell it goes from most fields at this point. Cause of just the ubiquity and the usefulness of the internet, you can teach yourself this stuff, but the level of discipline required to actually tack on to, to like, to receive a four year degree worth of work and actually go through it. Oh, that's a level of discipline that I will never achieve. That is too much work. <laughs> And you don't really get any of the other upsides of school like networking, like, you know, all that, unless you're going through and really working at doing that, which, you know, it's cheaper, but it's another level of commitment that a lot of people don't have.
0: Yeah, it's a level of commitment that you need to you need to seriously consider if you're worth if it's worth the undertaking. Like, it's one thing to practice like a half hour every day or even like 20 minutes in the morning and 20 minutes in the afternoon, like getting your 40 minutes in every day. Like it's one thing to do that, but to like go through and treat it like a class you study every day, you do like two or three hours of studying and then like practical application. It's, it's a lot more difficult than that. Especially if you have like a social life that you want to hold on to.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, putting on my socialist hat, you know, I really hope that we get some serious education reform going on and figure out a way of allowing our young people to figure out what they want to do. And, you know, we we can't require professionals and, you know, seasoned veterans to come out uh, of 20 of year olds and 22 year olds.
0: Yeah, like, you can't you can't require four years of experience on a job uh that's entry level that you're going to pay fucking seventeen dollars an hour for or whatever.
1: I, I know people who would have jumped for joy at seventeen dollars an hour when they were first out of school. Well, which is a certain mean, like
0: when we were eighteen, minimum wage was like what ten dollars or something like that. I think even lower, but call it ten dollars.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. It it sucks because when when you start out so far behind, you know, and if you're if you want to pay someone nine fifty while requiring three years experience and a four year degree, like they're never going to be making the amount of money that they deserve, right? If your if your sense of self-worth is that low of on the pay scale it's probably just irrevocably fucked that does it for questions. And I don't really have much else to add, but you know, if, if anybody does have more pointed questions about school, particularly when it comes to in creative fields, you know, I do, I did experience this and I, I, I don't know. I I've seen a lot of different levels of success after going to school. So it it can go a lot of different ways. And it's very, very strongly dependent on the individual. But uh, if anyone wants to chat about that kind of stuff, you know, hit me up or ask more questions on the subreddit, reddit.com slash r slash real nerd hours.
0: Thanks again for everybody who wrote in Juice Campbell. (laughs) (laughs) The one. You can join us on the subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash real nerd hours. You can go to the website, real nerd hours.com to check out our social media information. And lastly, support the show on Patreon, patreon.com slash real nerd hours. Uh, thanks everybody for listening and we'll see you next Thursday.
1: Y'all have a good night.